Good evening, podcasters. My name is AJ, and welcome to the first episode of AJ's Guitar Show. My name, of course, is AJ, and I will be your host for tonight, and today we're going to kick off the first episode of this podcast by discussing a very hot-button topic in the guitar world. Would you rather buy a cheap tube amplifier or an expensive solid-state piece of garbage? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm proving. I'm here to prove both sides of the point, but solid state amp. Now, first thing that I'm going to basically say is welcome. This is my first podcast. This will be the first of many, I'm hoping. I am currently recording in my closet. Oh, the sad reality. But that's besides the point. What is the point is that I just want to say thank you very much for having me here. I hope you guys enjoy this part of the podcast and we will be moving on to solid state amplifiers enjoy the next segment i will be seeing you guys soon hey guys welcome back to this episode of aj's guitar shop aj's guitar show rather not guitar shop i do not own a shop but here we are going to be discussing in this segment solid state amplifiers now i will be the first and won't be the first rather to tell you that i am not the biggest fan of solid state solid state amplifiers are usually encompassed or associated with beginning amplifiers amplifiers that are about under maybe 500 dollars you're not going to find anything tube at least for under that price at least not something good under that price unless you're the vox ac4 but that's besides the point solid state amplifiers have been a staple in guitar history now i will say that this is not about cheap solid state amplifiers no this is about expensive solid state amplifiers and i'm going to be giving three great examples the first being the kemper profiling amp the kemper profiling amp is a completely solid state amp modeling machine that can pretty much dish out any type of amplifier that you want these things are absolutely incredible but are worth a pretty penny up in two grand if i'm not mistaken but these things have impeccable sound now i will say that if you were to put a kemper on a Marshall Silver Jubilee setting and put the Marshall Silver Jubilee in the same room with me, I would probably not be able to tell the difference. These amplifiers are very, very good at what they do. Now, the next one that I'm going to be addressing is the Fractal Audio Axfex. Fractal Audio Axfex has been around for a couple of years now and is one of the best amp and effects modeling processors, if not the best on the market. These things are about a grand up to two grand, and they do everything that the Kemper can do, and slightly more. Again, pretty much just amp modeling and effect modeling, so good to the point to where if you could have put the real thing next to me, I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Last one that we got on here is the Wazacraft amp by Boss. Boss does amazing solid state amps, the Katana being one of the best examples, but the Wazacraft takes it to a whole new level, being able to emulate tube technology, all of these crazy things that the Kempers and 
Fractal Audio Axfex do at the same time. But it's absolutely incredible to see what these amplifiers can do. Okay, so going on and continuing about the solid state amps, I will give you the first big advantage to solid state. Number one, you can program solid state. The definition of solid state means that it's an amplifier that uses no rectifier tubes. It is completely digital. It has a CPU, it has all these things that basically these things are the computers of the guitar world. Very similar to multi-effects Unix or effects workstations that work kind of in the same way, but just as an amplifier. Now, that's one of the biggest advantages, is that you can program them. And when you can program something, you can tweak them. Meaning that you can change the sound and specify it down to the millimeter. Practically down to the nuclear level, if you may and get that very specific sound that you're looking for. Now, that's all good and well. Another good example of why solid state can be superior is that solid state doesn't break the first time you drop it. One of the biggest problems that I have with tube amplifiers is that if you drop them, they're donezoed. Tubes are probably done, the transistors are probably done, it's all donezoed, man. But with solid state, those things are pretty beefy. I just got back from a jazz camp I'm going to, and I dropped my little amplifier, my little solid state amplifier, twice, and that thing was fine. Perfectly fine. Now, I will say, though, that solid state does have its drawbacks. Number one, it sounds very artificial. It doesn't have that warmth that tubes can get. And that's kind of a problem for me, as someone who's kind of a stickler. But that's alright. But, the biggest disadvantage in my eyes is that it doesn't produce... It produces a sound that you can tweak, but that sound is never usually very great. The only, again, the only thing that I can really say that's great about solid state amplifiers is its tweakability and its ability to withstand these intense accidents that can happen. Also, solid state is very heavy, much heavier than tube amps in my experience, but, but it's whatever, you know, and at the end of the day, I still think that solid state is all good, but now we're going to go ahead and talk about what can stack up against this, aka the tube amplifiers of the guitar world. Okay, so now we're going to go ahead and start getting into tube amplifiers. My favorite, oh boy. Tube amplifiers are amplifiers that use vacuum tubes to create sound. Vacuum tubes and rectifiers, and there's a whole bunch of different types of them. 12AX7s, EL34s, KT88s, anything that you can think of. Now... I will personally say that I enjoy tube amps more than solid state. My favorite amplifier in the world, the Vox AC30, is a tube amp. And the thing that makes tube amps the best is that number one, they're loud, and number two, they sound impeccable when they're loud. I forgot to mention this in the last segment of my solid state rant, but solid states do not sound great loud. 
unless you have some sort of tube power amp or something with it, it does not sound great by itself. But tube amplifiers probably sound their best when they're loud, and that's perfect. Like, again, amps like the Vox AC30, Fender Twin Reverbs, Orange Rocker Verbs, the Marshall JCM 800s, the JTM 45s, the big amps, the big tube amps, Mesa Boogie Mark 5s, Mesa Dual Rex, all these things sound perfect when they're loud. And you can adjust their sound when they're loud, and you can still maintain a good sound when they're loud. Now, another big thing that gets me about tube amps is their ability to take pedals. I am a gear junkie. If you ever meet me, you will know that I love pedals to death. And Solid State really isn't the best at taking pedals. Tube amps, on the other hand, take pedals tremendously tremendously and i think that that alone already puts a tube amp from like a 7 to like an 11 and it just when an amp can take pedals it becomes such a great experience and i know there's fender solid state amps that take pedals great excuse me that take pedals great but, any tube amp can beat that out any day, any day of the week. Now, continuing with my little tube amp ramp, I, tube amp ramp, that's, that's, a, that's a tongue twister right there. I will say that there are some disadvantages to owning a tube amp. Number one, in which I stated in my solid state rant, was that Tube amps cannot withstand a fall. If you were to knock a tube head off of a cabinet, those tubes would be done. Those transistors would be done, dead, donezoed, completely wrecked. Rest in pepperoni. Those things will not survive. Not in my experience, at least. That may just because I'm using cheap tubes, or maybe the casing on my amp isn't the greatest, but that's besides the point. These things are very, very prone to breakage and are very, very heavy, very hard to take around, very hard to gig with. So I would recommend putting these things in an amp case and have at least two people help you wire these things up. The second, and this one isn't necessarily a big problem, is that when you turn up a tube amp, it distorts the clean sound naturally and i talked about in my solid state rant how when you turn up or in my tube amp rap ah i'm getting all confused here last segment i talked about how when you turn up a tube amp you can make it sound great but that doesn't mean that you make it sound clean the biggest advantage to having a loud solid state amplifier is that clean sounds stay loud they don't naturally overdrive because of volume and that's what tube amps do once you get a tube amp past its breaking point when it starts to 
break up and starts to distort, it will stay that way. It will not clean up unless you roll your guitar volume down and make it really quiet. Now, the other and the final biggest disadvantage that I find to tube amps is that most of them are very expensive. Again, this is a cheap versus expensive, but most tube amps you will not be able to find for under $500. No such thing, practically. But now let's go ahead and get on to compare the two amps that I want to against one another. The Boss Wazacraft and surprisingly, the Fender Hot Rod Deluxe. Now, this is the part of the show where we get into the comparison. How can you compare something like the Kemper, a $2,000 or maybe $1,500 unit, or maybe even $2,500 of pure solid state tone and infinite amp selection against something like the Fender Hot Rod Deluxe? Very easily. First, we're going to start off with accessibility. The Kemper requires a USB and to program. If you want to program specifically, you can do it on the front panel, but it's not very accessible. But having to plug it into your computer, doing all of that, getting it to where it's that specific, it's very time consuming. Tube amp, you could just plug in. Fender Hot Rod Deluxe, you could just plug in. Go ahead and dial in a sound and you'll like it probably doesn't take the hassle of having to open up the back or change out the tubes or change out a speaker. Sure, you may have to do that every now and then. You have to change out a speaker if you don't like the speaker in it, but that's pretty much all you can do. Next thing, portability. I mean, the Kemper requires a cabinet or a DAW or not a DAW system or some sort of stereo monitor speaker system in order to work. Fender Hot Rod Deluxe is an amp combo that you can just already has a built-in speaker and you can take it anywhere. It's fairly portable. These things aren't very heavy, surprisingly. Tonality is where it comes in though. Fender Hot Rod Deluxe's natural overdrive sounds pristine, clean, and creamy. Kempers kind of sound like garbage. I mean, if you try to put it on that setting and play it loud, like a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe, it will not sound anywhere as great. I don't know, man. All the points that I've made so far are just basic things. Basic things that all players, like myself, that are into the sound of amps and like their specific sounds, have to experience. And that's going through amplifiers and going through solid state and tube and figuring out their sound. I will tell you, it's taken me much, much longer on a solid state profiler amp than it has on a natural tube combo. End of story. Now, welcome to conclusions. This will be a part of every single podcast that I do. I will always have an intro and a conclusion. But, how do we conclude this? As all the points that I've made last segment, I feel like I have determined that A, inexpensive. Now, I will say inexpensive as in $700 inexpensive because that's pretty much the inexpensive tube amp or the affordable tube amp. Versus 
a $2,500, $1,500 to $2,500 piece of profiling machinery. And yet the tube amp wins at the end of the day. Now, why is that? I've mentioned it all. First, and probably the biggest is tonality. The tone matters more than the accessibility or the switching or the amount of things that you can do. If you get a good sound out of it, that's what makes an amp great. I could spend $1,200 on a Fender Twin Reverb 65 reissue, right? If I don't like the sound of that Twin Reverb, there's no point in me buying it just because it's expensive and it says that it's good. Now let's say I walked in and I found a Boss Katana 100 2x12, which are only about, I think, $400. If I plug that in and I get a sound that I like, I'm going to buy the Katana. It all matters about the sound, and from my personal experience, I like to play loud. And tube amps do it better. Also, one of the biggest things that I pointed out is accessibility. Tube amps tend to be more accessible and have much cleaner switching and much more accessibility on the front panel than a Kemper would ever or Axbex or Wazacraft. Those things take time, probably up closer to hours worth of time to be able to get a right setting for. Tube amps, you can just plug in and be like, okay, let's let's mess around with this, and you'll find something. And then portability was kind of a big factor. I mean, when you have a tube amplifier that's a combo, it's much easier than a head that you have to plug into a PA system or a cab or a studio monitor. All in all, at the end of the day, when you think about it, much rather have the cheap tube amp than the expensive profiling amp simply because the chief tube amp at the end of the day will sound better always.